family, and the universe. 24 hours of music and talk. Radio without limits. That's why people keep coming back for more. That's UBNRadio.com. This is one-on-one with Jasper Cole, Hollywood's bad guy, and so much more. Actor, talent manager, producer, and more. Now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment, politics, pop culture, and beyond. This is one-on-one with Jasper Cole. Woohoo! All right, all right, all right. Howdy, 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 everyone, and welcome to one-on-one with Jasper Cole. This is your host, Mr. Jasper Cole, and we are coming to you from. Sunset Gower Studios right here in Hollywood, California, on this rainy, rainy, thunderous storm watch 2016 in California. I want to give a shout-out to my two producers, Mr. J.W. Williams. Hey, John. Hey, hey, hey. Happy New Year, Jasper. And Mr. Dominic Friesen. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how are you? So you guys are surviving the rain? Somewhat. It's so embarrassing, right? The way everyone in LA acts like it's, you know, it's a it's a tornado and a hurricane or it something. It could be in some parts, but not 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 in Hollywood. Well, and then we also had an earthquake this morning too, which was I know, right? Yeah, Out incredible. in uh, near Palm Springs, near mm-hmm. in Banning, I guess. So, well, if you're out driving today in LA, just kiss your ass goodbye and good luck and hope you've got <laughs> good car insurance. <laughs> Because you know how people are here. They can't drive. Um, Anyway, so everyone, listen, please uh, go to our uh, Twitter and follow us. It's one-on-one J. Cole. Facebook is one-on-one with Jasper Cole. And you can also go to my website, jaspercole.com. And when you get to the website, go to our ubnradiotv.com page and come to our show page because we have 25 sponsors that we're thrilled to have. And our newest one is eFile. Dot com, and we have 24 other ones for you to uh, peruse. All of us here at One on One with Jasper Cole are proud to announce our 24 affiliate advertisers, and they are all dot coms. InterServer, ZipRecruiter, Hilton Hotels, 3-Day Blinds, Adam and Eve Toys, Bullguard, Prime Slots, Russell Stover, Booking.com, Suzanne Summers Bath & Beauty, Quest Nutrition, Sur La Tabla, and Extended Stay America. Additionally, we have EUK Host, Canvas World, Cheap Air, 21st Century, Liberty Mutual, Course Smart, Advanced Auto, Fandango, Meet Mindful, Flare Play, and Jewelry.com. Thanks again to all of our wonderful sponsors. Oh, absolutely. So once again, go there, find something you like, click on the uh, icon for that product or that company, and we'll all get credit for it. So anyway, guys, welcome back. I hope um, hope you guys had a great holiday and New Year and all that stuff. I did. How did you spend your New Year's? Um, I was in Palm Springs, and I didn't. I just didn't do a lot of anything. How about you? <laughs> Old um, married couple now. I had a very long night <laughs> and two days oh, of recovery. But it was, oh, it was nice. Lord, we need the details. No, you don't. <laughs> Right. Well, we'll save that for off air. Uh-huh. So we have a lot of things to talk about. There's so much going on in the world. Um, first of all, the whatever whatever the hell is going on up in Oregon right now. Um, yeah, that's kind of scary. They've taken over uh, the federal building. What I understand was, I guess it was an abandoned building. I mean, it's a federal federal building, and they're armed, and they've they've taken it over, which is domestic terrorism, in my opinion. But. Right, right, but yet they're sort of, they're just allowed to sort of wait it out in there, and, and I don't know what they're hoping to accomplish. And they're begging for snacks. 
Begging for well, snacks anyway, I think, and socks. I think they want to kind of avoid a Waco, another Waco, or <laughs> right. something similar. Um, well, you know that that the, the Bundy family from a few years back. Well, I think it was in Utah. Was it in Texas? I'm sorry. The two guys, the father and son, who kind of did the same thing over some land. They're they're distancing themselves, saying they have nothing to do with this one. Although they're both about to be sentenced to five years federal prison coming up, so you know, they were charged and prosecuted for for mm-hmm. their when they did the same similar thing. That remember that's when they blocked the land. They didn't want to pay taxes on the land, and so mm-hmm. they. They kind of had a, a demonstration and protest out against uh, the government, but I don't know. These guys are so funny. They want stuff shipped in, but what's it going to come? U.S. You know, UPS. I mean, how are they going to get stuff? <laughs> They're going to drop it, it by the air. Well, the, well, they posted the address, and it's just like, it's just a basic mail you drop. Just, yeah, you send it to like the po- <laughs> the postmaster, and he just knows where to take it. But it's interesting. It's, um, there was a, a open letter that was posted last night. Late last night, it was by the bird watchers. Mm-hmm. The bird watcher photographers, and it's actually a really interesting read. They've been tracking this whole family, this whole group for for weeks, and they said that they've been tracking everyone who's been taking them supplies and who's been helping them out, and that they're they're basically setting up a boycott against all these these peripheral businesses that are assisting them that are supporting them. And in addition, they're the ones that have been feeding all of the evidence to the to the authorities to have them charged. Over the wow. years, over the years for all of their crimes, they've they've come forward and said that it's, it's all, and it's nobody would ever think of these bird watchers that are out there, you know, taking photos. They're basically <laughs> nature photographers, but it's it's a really interesting. Um, yeah, everyone thinks of bird watchers as like you know very earthy and granola crunching and mm-hmm. sort of, but very very uh, bohemian or orga- or Oregon you know type lifestyles. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It just goes to show you there's a there's a, a bunch of people in this country who really believe that the government's going to take over. You know that they're out to, they want to be armed militia. Um, well, and then and then a tweet went out late last night too that they were um, um, basically likening what they're doing to what Rosa Parks did, which was very interesting. That, I don't know if you saw Rosa Parks was trending. That's why. Um, well, I did, and I'm thinking she'd be turning over in her <laughs> exactly. grave. I mean, I don't think it's a similar situation, but um, I don't know. It's just it's scary in in a lot of ways because Absolutely. I I just don't I can't believe that. That this is, you know, there's this much of a population that's that afraid of the government. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, I mean, listen, if you watch The Making of a Murderer on Netflix, no. if anyone hasn't seen that, I say go watch that because it'll make you question the Absolutely. legal system, the government. And we're going to get into that a little bit later with our guest because I know that he has some pretty strong opinions about that. But let's let's talk about Bill Cosby for a second because I think that caught a lot of people off guard. Oh, um, God, yeah. Well, that's keeping in line with the legal stuff, too, as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Thank God for this new DA in Pennsylvania who, you know, who apparently ran his campaign recently in, mm-hmm. in his campaign ads. He was running the Bill Cosby story because the former DA is the one in 2005 who refused to prosecute. So I guess it really helped this new one to be elected. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he really has no choice but to go after Bill Cosby, thank God. And I only can think that whatever jury pool, they potential jury pool they have in that community, wouldn't that be a lot of the same people that voted this DA in? So it doesn't mm-hmm. look good for Cosby. Yeah, no, I mean, I, th- I think, well, first of all, they, they, have, they have a case. They're not, they wouldn't have gone after him. I oh, think. yeah. yeah. You know, they have a strong case. And the legal experts are saying that, that they think that, they can, that they're going to bring in other victims, even though, right. you know, just— That they can testify absolutely. against him. 
I, I think he, I think he's going to jail personally. And it looks like and Camille's not going to be deposed. Oh, she didn't. Cause wasn't that supposed to be today? She got yeah, out of it. Yeah, she something? she earned a stay in that. Yeah, so she will not be. Well, what's interesting is they suspect she may have been providing him with the drugs. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't. Did you know? I didn't know she was considered his business manager all these years. Apparently, mm-hmm. and that's why. Because there is. Why, why else would of, she stay in the marriage? Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought she was just receiving the money. I didn't know she was controlling it. But um, I guess there is this thing called spousal. You cannot have to testify against a spouse. Correct. But because mm-hmm. she was considered a, a business manager, mm-hmm. it puts her into another category. Um, I can't stand his. You know, I can't stand Monique Presley, that the, the black female attorney he has. I. She's blocked me on Twitter already, but um, oh, I think she should be ashamed of herself. Well, it's interesting him. if you look if you look at that. I mean, they they had to suspect this was coming because that whole court, that his whole appearance, his whole re- arraignment was so well orchestrated from mm-hmm. a PR standpoint. From that, the matching sweaters, they were wearing matching sweaters, the cane. His vision is not that bad, by the way. It, it was it was all an act. It was all he an needed to see an eye dog, and it would have been complete. I exactly. Mean, it was it was he hasn't used a cane in years. Um, yeah, I mean, did you see that? It's such a rural little area. Like the the courthouse looked like a barn in the back of someone's house. <laughs> sure did. There's like a there's like a John Deere tractor in a shed, and <laughs> I mean, I know he has a huge estate that he's had there forever mm-hmm. in that little town. But um, I don't know on Wendy. Well, you know, on Wendy Williams today, and of course she knows everything. She believes that uh, Monique Presley's going to get him off, and he's not going to serve any jail time. But mm. you know, I, would, I don't I know. Wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on that, but. We'll we'll see. I mean, it's you know we had we had one of his his Sharon, yeah we had one of his, we had one of his victims on mm-hmm. our show, and I think you know having sat in the Dateline interview and to have a room full of women who didn't know each other, who story you know it's like there's there's no way that that all these um, alleged victims you know Co- corroborate their corroborate their story, and mm-hmm. and it's it's. Aside the fact that we have another friend of the show who worked on the Cosby Show, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, well, the other thing that kills me about so. this this particular case, the, the 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 girl, the woman, the coach that is bringing the charges against him, you know, he keeps Cosby keeps saying it was consensual. Well, she's a lesbian, first of all, and was in a, a relationship with her girlfriend mm-hmm. at the time he drugged her. So, I mean, it, his whole thing about it being consensual, I don't know of any lesbian that would only have <laughs> sex with. A guy, but much less his ugly ass. So, <laughs> you know, putting pops or not, I don't know. I just think, I don't think a jello or whatever, I don't think that helped his case either. I think that's another reason they, they, they could mm-hmm. bring charges. Um, it would be a shame. It will be a travesty if he walks somehow and gets out of this, you know. Well, you know, it's, you know, for so, for so many years, it was everybody turned the other, you know, turned the other way. And it was, it was, you know, it's literally, it, he was, on his on his comeback, basically, he was coming back and you know with the new show and the tour and everything special. If he wouldn't have tried to, you know, if he would have just gone away, none of this would be going on. Well, and also that comedian, you know, the comedian mm-hmm. who who yeah. made the joke in South Carolina that night, and remember that's what started Hannibal, the whole Hannibal Buress. Yeah, is that his name? Yeah, yeah I, I kind of made his career, even though I can't think of his name, but um, that's how it all kind of got brought back into the forefront. So I'm happy for Gloria Allred, too, because it's, there's still the one case here in California that Gloria has that there's still some questions on the statute of limitations because well, the girl was a the minor. LA, the LADA actually just um, announced a few minutes ago that they're not, they're oh, not, they're not. They're not charging him. Oh, it just, okay. It just came out. So this will be our only hope with this case in Pennsylvania. Yeah. 
So well, well, okay, we have a great so guest well, in studio today. So well, well yeah. So speaking of you know this entire uh, legal situation, I don't think is I can't think of anyone who's had a more horrific story um, in terms of being you know mis mischarged or whatever. Then we're very happy to welcome today actor, stuntman, professional poker player, Mister Erica Day. Hey, buddy, how are you? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing doing good. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. We're great. We're thankful to have you here, especially in the rain and everything. So, um, wow, you know, you've been to hell and back with your story, and the good news is you're you've you've survived and you're on the the other side of it now. But for a lot of people who don't know your story, it 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 began, you know, seemingly innocently. You were working at a gym and at any point you know i'm gonna let you tell the story you can jump in here but it started with you working at a gym in burbank and meeting a fellow gym person there that that would have people go to turkey and bring back supposedly leather goods but that's not quite what was happening so tell everyone how this started for you and and what exactly happened I mean, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's not a two-minute story, but uh, yeah, I know uh, we can back when get I was, the highlights. Back when I was nineteen, I was a personal trainer at the the gym, the World Gym in Burbank. One of my clients was a very successful Armenian businessman uh, who said his name was uh, Ray Gazarian, and he was uh, hiring uh, young uh, young adults to travel around the world, importing expensive leather goods, and get, and he'd pay us for it. Um, I was one of many that was working for this man, and I would be the one to find out what it was we were really being used to do. We were all unknowingly uh, being used as dupes, not mules. Mules know they're being used to smuggle something illegal. Dupes have absolutely no knowledge whatsoever that they're uh, smuggling anything illegal. And uh, I found out um, a couple years after knowing this man and after working for this man the hard way, I, uh, I found out that we were being used to smuggle narcotics. I was caught and charged and convicted in Pakistan for um, possession of 3.6 kg of opium and uh, I was I would I would serve I would uh, I would serve three years in there for a crime I didn't commit um, and you were sentenced to seven years originally right I was sentenced to seven years I would have been sentenced to a lot less had I just taken a plea but I refused to take a plea um, and, and my question was how could you really I, I was reading thinking well how would you even trust if you if you actually falsely cop to a plea, would they actually honor that? You know, it, I wouldn't it, trust them. If Pakistan is such a corrupt country. If you are guilty, you want to get caught there. You just pay the judge a little bit of money, you pay the prosecutors a little oh, bit of money, okay. and uh, you uh, you get a small sentence. I mean, it's in America they do the same thing. There's a lot of guys, in my opinion, that are in prison for things they didn't do who are afraid to face the possible consequences if they can't prove their innocence. So they'll, mm-hmm. they'll say, okay, I'll take the two-year deal rather than possibly face 17-plus years. It happens right. all the time. People plead no contest because, you know, if they say, hey, if you, you know, plead no contest or guilty, this will become a misdemeanor. But if you fight it and you lose, this will become a, a strike. You'll be ser- serving anywhere from three to five. A lot of people aren't built tough, so and they're afraid of losing, even though they know that they're innocent. It sucks. It's we don't live in a system where you're uh, innocent no. until proven guilty. You're guilty until proven you're innocent. You're guilty until proven innocent. I I truly believe that as well. Absolutely. Well, before before we get into just how horrific the prison system was, you had made a couple of trips. You had made several trips to Turkey before this, right? Yes, I went to for, for uh, this guy. Went two trips now, to Turkey. To Turkey. And 
those were those were actually leather goods. I mean, that's it wasn't opium that you just happened to get away with and not knowing about, right? It, they no, there was absolutely. I had a, it was very well. Drug smugglers are smart. If they can get an idiot like me to unknowingly smuggle narcotics for them, they will absolutely do that. They figure uh, I won't draw suspicion to myself because I don't mm-hmm. know I'm being used to do anything illegal. They also don't have to pay me what I'm really worth. They're saving a ton of money. I mean, these are trips right. that someone would make anywhere from ten to twenty thousand dollars. I'm getting paid eight hundred dollars to go there, and I'm spending way more on souvenirs and traveling and, and entertainment. For me, it was a, you know, I'm a young guy who'd never been outside the country. It's it's the experience. I love to travel. And to do it at someone else's nickel to dream come true. I encouraged this job to everyone I knew, my friends, my family, my right. mother, my brothers. I would not be doing that had I known that it was anything narcotics related. I would not have been involved. But by, you know, it, there, there's, there, the first two trips I went on, I absolutely was smuggling something because, you know, it, they just didn't find it. There, it's That's so what pro- I was thinking, that they just didn't find it. It's yeah. so professionally hidden. I mean, it's so professionally hidden. It's not, it has nothing to do with the, the, the jackets. It's, right. it's, it, it's built into the suitcases. And, and, there, and there's people who want to believe the worst because they don't like thinking that someone will go through something so horrible and not deserve it. They won't, it's easier to swallow that pill that someone went through something so terrible if you believe that they deserved it. Right. So, you know, I always, I always get people asking me, "Hey, how did you not know? Come on!" And I'll ask them a simple question: Have you ever helped somebody move before? Have you ever, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, gone through, you know, a girlfriend, a friend, a family member, and they'll be like, "Yeah, I helped them move." Okay, did you go through all their stuff, their boxes? And they're like, "No." How do you know you weren't smuggling drugs? You know, it's 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 so. You don't know. To be honest, yeah, you, 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 you want to believe your friends and your family and whatnot. This man that I was working for wasn't just some schmo off the street. He was a guy who I created a bond with. I was training him three to four times a week uh, for several months before I finally decided to go on a trip. Oh, actually, almost a little bit over, almost nine months. Mm-hmm. So, so I, you know, I knew his family. I knew, his, I knew uh, you know, we, we were buddies. We were good buddies. And it wasn't just some guy like, hey, here's a cool trip. No, I, I trusted this man. I considered him a close friend. And Well, and also the fact that you had already made these other trips and they were fine. But then the irony well, no, no, is No, no, this is, this is before I made my first trip. Oh, even before your first yeah, one. Yeah, right. we, we were okay. best friends. We were, we were really good friends before I made my first trip for the guy. I was saying I knew him for almost nine months before I made my first trip for the man. So I didn't just, know, I didn't just meet the guy. I knew him. Yeah. And, well, ironically, too, your brother... Your brother was originally going to do this trip to uh, Pakistan, right? Well, my brother was originally supposed to do a trip to Turkey. And to then Turkey. Uh, 10 days before he was supposed to go, he calls me and says, I'm not going. I'm like, why are you not going? He goes, it's not to Turkey. It's to Pakistan. I go, that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. I can't vouch for Pakistan. I've never been there. But I can vouch for Turkey. I'd been there a couple times. So I contact Ray to see what's going on. He says, look, because of the war that we're having in Afghanistan, this is right after 9-11, by the way. Mm-hmm. He says well, I'm getting a really good deal on on uh, leather goods and 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 in Pakistan and they're really hooking it up. It's just we're gonna go there and see. I said, well, my brother's not going. He's like, you got to convince him. I've already set up everything. I'm gonna lose a lot of money. I can't I can't vouch for my you know for Pakistan because I've never been there. I can't tell anyone. Hey, it's a great place. I didn't have the time to do it, but I also didn't want to let my friend down. And he he says I felt bad. I felt bad that I vouched for my brother. My brother's backing out, but also mm-hmm. you know couldn't justify my brother going because. Because it was in Pakistan, and that, you know, right. um, so I made the trip. I didn't want to leave my friend hanging, so I made the trip in place of my brother. And I'm glad. I'm glad I did. I'm glad it was me. I'm glad I'm the right. one who found out. I could see that too. Yeah. Ultimately, if if, if it had to go down that way, you'd rather be you than your brother. A- yeah. Absolutely. If if if, if something bad's gonna happen, and to, if something bad's gonna happen because of my recommendation, I want it to happen to me and not somebody else mm-hmm. because of me. Right. 
Well, the the, hor- the r- horrific part began. So once you were were detained um, and arrested, and you were sent to uh, jail there, and I, I mean, first of all, this is like a movie itself, and it, I don't know if you've if if you've had movie rights mentioned about this or. If that's in the work, I, 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 here's you know, I had Robert Chardoff. Um, he optioned my rights, and okay. you know, and he's he you know he died earlier. Um, he died uh, June of last year. Okay. Well, you're writing a book as well, correct? I'm writing a book. I finally, you know what? I finally decided to uh, just. I wish I did it a long time ago. I went looking around for ghost writers. I never felt I could write, and then a, a friend of mine who I stunt doubled for a movie, mm-hmm. he uh, he really talked me into it. Uh, the guy, I don't know if you know Craig Shea. Mm-hmm. Craig Sheffer, he's yeah. like, he's like uh-huh. he's like Eric. You need to write this fucking Absolutely. story, man. And he started talking me into it. And he's like, "Look, just write five pages, send them to me. I'll tell you what I think." And I just kept writing. And he's like, "Dude, just keep writing." I just next thing I know, I'm up to 240 pages. Yeah, well, it's definitely I mean, a story it's, it's, that needs to be told. And I think that there's a lot of error that need to be cleared about this about your story. Um, so. There's That's a lot of what that needs. The, to be? Oh, the air, just to clear the air. You know, just you know, there's a lot of people make misperceptions and assumptions. Yeah, yeah you know, every, like I said before, everyone wants to assume like, oh, Eric's a drug smuggler, and that. It, it, see, this is the worst part. It's I went to Pakistan for a bad thing, and then they. But not only did I go there for something I didn't do, I got people saying, "Well, you're a liar." On top of it, you know, if I did it, I'd give a shit if everyone thought I was a drug smuggler. You know, I did a bad thing, guys. I don't care. I I, I screwed up. I didn't, yeah. I'm not even going to apologize for it. I learned my lesson and won't do that again. But no, I, I didn't do this. I had everything going for me. I had everything going for me. I was uh, I, I was reoccurring on four TV shows at the time. Mm-hmm. I had just bought my first house. Um, I was happy. I had everything going for me. I had everything to lose and nothing to gain. I don't do drugs. I don't smoke. I don't drink. And, and you're, as you were saying, your career was taken off. I mean, no, it was. It was always down to me and the other five. I was in the same room with Ashton Kutcher when uh, up for the same five for the role of Kelso. I was in the same room with Josh Hartnett for the role of, um, uh, I think, uh, Luke or Lux uh, in the movie Virgin Suicides. For mm-hmm. and I was in the. Uh, it came down to uh, me, Sean Scott, and two others for Stifler. And it was. Mm-hmm. I was always right there at the edge. I was mm-hmm. always going to the room for network and. It wasn't a matter of you know if it was it was a matter of, of, of when mm-hmm. I was I was booking shows I was getting the go, the, the reoccurring the guest stars mm-hmm. and uh, and of course I, a, lot, a lot of people know you from Seventh Heaven Dude Where's Your Car well, well, those, are like, Sniper, those are like those are those are those are yeah, I mean, those are role, like small small roles and American mm-hmm. Sniper um, I got the you know I did did all, did all my own stunts I mm-hmm. uh, got to work out there for eighteen days and it's my second movie back since I've been in Pakistan with uh, Clint Eastwood I, I worked on Flags of Our Fathers with him oh cool uh, and. You know, when I came back, though, everything changed. It wasn't you know, everything was reality TV it, before. So, I, let, so, so <laughs> let me ask you. So you you were released to what in two thousand four? I was released uh, December twenty third, two thousand four. I just I was about to turn twenty five. I got I went in at twenty one, and I got out about to turn twenty five. And I think you know, I, I, I think we'll save some of the. Uh, we'll let the book talk about the conditions you went through in in the prison because I think that's something you may want to save for you know for your book or the movie, but I'm curious, I want to talk about, so when you came out in 2004, you kind of just mentioned that, you were sort of, you felt like there were people who, not everyone believed your story, right? You had some people that were naysayers, and they thought maybe you actually knew what was going on? Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of ignorant people out there who like to believe what they want to believe. They, they're, like I said, they, right. they'd rather assume the worst about you than give you um, credit for anything. But, but, I've never had someone come up to me in my face and say, "Hey, you're a liar." I, I, that I've never had, which is I, over the internet. Everyone's seven foot tall. 
but uh, <laughs> up close, people are very uh, courteous, actually. I don't understand that. Well, did it, I guess what I'm saying is, did you feel that it had sort of, did it hurt your career at all when you were trying to come back and start out again or pick it back up again? When I, when, uh, not that I know of. Like I said, when I got back, everything was reality TV, so, mm-hmm. so Hollywood take it a hit. Also, I was a lot older, you know, I was about to turn 25, and no one really wants you when you're 25. Um <laughs> Uh, it, oh God! Man, by then, right? Yeah, uh, pretty much. But I, 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 had people giving me roles from from old relationships, and I was always booking a little things here and there. And I, I just, you know, I never gave up. I stuck around the the business, and uh, I'm not really qualified to do too much other than this. I, I don't understand engineering or uh, anything. Well, but one related. thing, one thing you got really qualified at is when you were in jail, in prison, you started playing poker. <laughs> yeah, poker, which is, is a fascinating. That's such a great part of the, uh, the book, anyway. But but tell us how. So you started playing playing poker and doing really, really well. And weren't you called the king of the prison at one time? Or there I, was I, something. I, I, I don't know who called me the king of the prison, but uh, the hijackers did say that they were calling me the blue eyed prince, even though my eyes aren't blue. <laughs> um, but it, it, that was after literally like a year and a half of of being in jail and just taking so much crap. Um, the first place I ever picked up a hand of poker or played a a, a hand of Texas Hold'em poker was on death row. Uh, I was originally on death row for nine and a half months, and when I was on death row, I, we we'd play poker. Me and me and like three or four other guys who were also on death row, we just play poker. And you were you in solitary confinement for your? I was well, solitary confinement. You think is just your own room? All right, mm-hmm. I had my own room, but I would still be allowed out into a little uh, area that had two other rooms on it, and those rooms had men in it. And these were the more, uh, even though they were on death row too, these you know they they didn't think that these guys would do anything. Everyone was a lot smaller than me there, mm-hmm. and these guys weren't. Um, considered hostile prisoners they were considered educated prisoners they had money so they could buy more privileges okay um i had to be i couldn't be in the barracks uh the barracks had hundreds of uh people they had the foreigner barrack which had uh, a couple hundred nigerians in there and i'm glad i wasn't in there those guys there's no beds you sleep shoulder to shoulder to shoulder and people just fight you and steal from you I had my own room, so I was I was lucky in that sense. Um, Do you think being American helped or hurt? Did no, it help. It, it helped me. It helped me. It helped me, and it hurt me. It helped me that I was uh, had to be kept isolated because I knew that there was a target on my head. Someone put a, a five thousand rupee bounty on me in prison, which is only at the time eighty seven dollars. So mm-hmm. that's that's what my life's worth in Pakistan. Uh, and, uh, were, were there other national? Were there other Americans no, in the prison? No, other no. Americans. I was the only no. American that was there at the time. Wow, um, and uh, well, there, there were a lot of Westerners though. There was a uh, you know French guy, two, uh, three three Germans. Uh, there were uh, you know South Africans. Um, there was a Canadian for some time. There was a, a couple of English guys, and there was an Australian. But no, I mean it wasn't a, too many. There's just just a handful. Did you did you think that you were going to get out alive, or did you think that that's where you? I I never I know I was I I never gave up hope. If if you give up hope, then you. I never gave up hope because I was like, how could this be happening? Too many people knew what I was doing. Too many mm-hmm. people knew I, I was working for my friend. The, the, it wasn't just my word against, oh, there was several people. Every My mother was back here trying to uh, mm-hmm. organize rallies, and unfortunately her being involved really hurt me because uh, unf- the people back here weren't looking for ways to you know help her get me out. They were looking for ways to suck money out of her and, and uh, capitalize on the situation. She was... She, you know, she was emptying all my. She emptied all. Somehow, she got a hold of all my bank accounts, and she, she's emptied all my money. When I was gone, I made over sixty thousand dollars just on residual checks, mm-hmm. and spent all that. But she was giving it to all these hustlers and scammers because she thought it would help me. And mm-hmm. 
Um, no lawyer wanted to deal with me in Pakistan. They wanted to deal with my family. If they're dealing with you in jail, they know that you only have a small source of uh, uh, resources to, uh, available to you. But mm -hmm. if they're dealing with a family member, the sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. So lawyers were constantly trying to approach my mother, who was on the other side of the planet, and mm -hmm. just demanding money out of her. And finally, I had to just say, Mom, I can't have you involved. You're being involved. is hurting me. And mm -hmm. um, I had to tell the embassy to not give her any information on which lawyer I'm going for. Uh, or anything about my case. So by cutting my mother off, mm -hmm. she cut me off. She stopped sending me money, which I desperately needed to buy things and, and jail food, or you know, bribe the right guards, and you know, just or or even work on my case. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why I had to really turn to poker in prison because that was my hustle in jail was making money off playing poker, running poker tournaments in jail because my mother cut me off. And um, her lawyer actually ended up withdrawing his appeal. Um, because because I refused to pay him twenty five thousand dollars. This is this is a four hundred dollar case for any other person, but because I'm an American, he's dealing with my mother. He mm -hmm. says, "All right, I'm going to only charge you twenty five thousand dollars for the appeal." And then when I found this out, that's why I'm like, "Mom, you can't be a part of this case anymore." Mm -hmm. Fired the lawyer. Said, "Hey, I can't afford this. I'm going to find other legal representation. Mm -hmm. You take care. God bless." Um, and instead of him just leaving it and me finding another lawyer, this guy went to the high court and says, "My client's happy with his seven year prison sentence. I withdraw my appeal, mm -hmm. costing me my one chance in high court." Um, there's so much gonna, to it. It's not. It's it's just going to confuse people. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, and how's your relationship now with your family or your mom? You know, uh, the sad thing is when I first got back, uh, no one would help me. No one would help me. I, when I got back, yeah, my mom was at the airport and everything, but I wanted to get my life back together. Mm -hmm. My mom thought I'm twenty. I'm about to turn twenty five. I'm twenty four. I get back to the house, and my mom thinks I'm gonna just be a little kid again. Like I'm not. I'm like I'm a, first off. I'm a grown man. I'm twenty four. I was in jail for three years. I'm not gonna be in prison anymore. Wouldn't give me the keys to my Chevy. I had a 56 Chevy. She's like, mm -hmm. well, you don't have insurance. You don't have registration. And I was like, I don't care. Give me the keys to my car. I'm a grown man. Make, I'll make my own decisions. Mm -hmm. She wouldn't help me out. And I found out all my all my accounts were empty. I had no idea all my accounts were empty. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, when I left, I had, you know, like I had maybe only 15000 in my accounts, but that's still money to get back. Somehow I was 17000 in debt. I don't know how that happened. Mm. <laughs> um, she wouldn't give me the keys to my own car. So... The person to help me out was my football coach. My football coach comes over to me. He, he has a huge family, but he only had one car. He drives it over to my house literally two days after I've been back. He says, come on, take me to school. So I drive him to school, and he goes, I go, what do you want? I said, when do you want me to pick you up? He goes, go get your life together. I'll find my way home. So I took the car down to um, L.A. I was talking to friends, had meetings set up already. People who I had relationships with, with back in the day wanted to reconnect with me and see what they could do. One of my friends was a, a stunt coordinator, and he says, hey, what can I do to help you? And I go, dude, I just want to work. He goes, you ready to work already? He goes, yes, I just need to work. I need to make some money. He says, well, I got three days for you on uh, War of the Worlds. Do you want that? I said, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Another friend of mine who I worked on the movie Scorpion King with, um, he, was, uh, he was one of the Rock's body doubles for some scenes, a guy named Simo, huge guy. He takes me to lunch, buys me lunch, and then on the way out when I was saying goodbye, he puts $100 in my pocket. And I didn't ask for anything. I didn't want anything because, you know, but he, he's so, such a big man, he forced me in the car because he knew I didn't want to take the money, but I needed it. And when I, when I went to work on my first day of War of the Worlds, I mean, we, we filmed all night. And when I was trying to drive back on the 405 freeway, it's just bumper to bumper traffic, I see a sign for Hollywood Park Casino. One thing I was great at in jail, and that's how I made my living, was, uh, was, was, was playing poker. Mm -hmm. And when you're playing against guys who are starving and the, the top prize is food and yogurt and chickens, you got some guys who are playing their asses off. They're not being stupid or whatnot because if they lose, it, goes, it, it means them not eating. 
So they want to win just so they can eat. Mm -hmm. So I played against some crazy good poker players in Pakistan. And when I went to the Hollywood Park Casino, I said, all right, I'm going to see what I can do with $50. That's it. I'm going to keep 50 for like gas and everything. This is all the money I have in the world that my friend gave me. Um, I, I went and sat at the 40 no limit table, quickly moved over to the one 300 table, left the next morning to go straight back to work with 2600 bucks in my pocket, slept all day on set, went back to the <laughs> casino, turned 300 into another 1700 went back to set, did the same thing the next day, uh, had a car by the end of the week, had my own place by uh, like the, a couple of days after that. And when I went back to give my, my coach uh, back his car, and get whatever little things I had back at my house. Mm -hmm. My mom was like, I rented your room out, and you know, you're disrespectful, and you're not allowed to stay here. And I'm like, I already got my own place, lady. Take it easy. <laughs> and I was out. <laughs> but, but that's literally how it was. None of my family helped me out. And to, <clears throat> the, to this day, it's fine. I'm glad that's the way it was, because it's kind of always been that way. I'm the mm -hmm. youngest of six boys. I never had a good following. I never had a, a close relationship. I'm the only one to grow up with my mother. All my brothers grew up with, our, with uh, their dads, because, you know, my mother was a handful. She, um... You know what people today called child abuse. My mom was called tough love. I was just I was a punching bag, and I thought that's how it was growing up. Mm -hmm. But it, but it made me it made me the way I am, which is uh, what you need. If it, if in, in, a, in a sixth sense, my mother actually prepared me for jail, and uh, wow. and when I got back, I didn't. I know she her not helping me is good because I owe no one anything. Everything I have to this day, other than my coach who gave me his car to mm -hmm. borrow and my friend Simo who gave me a hundred bucks, those are the only two life rafts I got when I first got back. Well, let's, you know what, uh, guys, let's take our first break. That's a great point there to break because when we come back, I want to talk about where your life is today and what's happening with your career. And we can also update people to what happened to the original guy that, you know, had you, who duped you to take the, uh, quote, leather goods to start with because in the end, he sort of got his also. Um, so let's take our first break. And when we come back, we'll continue with. Uh, Eric O'Day and Dominic and JW, uh, you're listening to 101 with Jasper Cole. We'll be right back. I've been waiting on the sunset, bills on my mindset. I can't deny they're getting high, higher than my income. Incomes, breadcrumbs. I've been trying to survive. The glow that the sun gets right around sunset helps me realize that this is just a journey. Drop your worries. You are gonna turn out fine. Oh, you turn out fine. Fine. Oh, you turn out fine. But you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down, hey. You gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down, hey. I know it's hard, no, it's hard to remember sometimes. But you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down, hey. I got my hands in my pockets, kicking these rocks. It's kind of hard to watch this life go by. I'm buying into skeptics, skeptics mess with the confidence in my eyes. I'm seeing all the angles, stars get tangled. I start to compromise my life and my purpose. Is it all worth it? Am I gonna turn out fine? Oh, you turn out fine. Fine, oh, you turn out fine. But you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down. Your head down, hey, I know it's hard, no, 
again It's a circle, circling around again It comes around again I say only rainbows after rain The sun will always come again And it's a circle, circling around again It comes around, but you gotta keep your head up Oh, and you can let your head You're back one on one with Jasper Cole. Oh. All right, all right. Thanks, everyone. Welcome back uh, to today's show. We're joined in studio here with uh, J.W. Williams, Dominic Friesen, and our special guest, actor, poker player, also restaurant entrepreneur, Mr. Eric O'Day. Welcome back, buddy. Thanks, man. Everyone, how are you? We're good. We're good. We're back. Okay, great. <laughs> I didn't know um, if you heard us. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, that's fine. So, um, so Eric, I wanted to pick up the story. So, um, but tell us how eventually what who got involved the, to help you get released? Was it the American government? I'm going to tell you something. This is uh, sad but true. If, if you ever get arrested in another country, don't waste your one phone call in the U.S. embassy. They are uh, they're absolutely absolutely useless. Yeah, useless. They said that the, it had, had this been a passport violation or a murder case, then they would get involved. And I was like, hey, pick a guy. I'll take him mm-hmm. out right now. They, anything narcotics related, they are absolutely strict on not getting involved. And and, and uh, they knew it was a travesty. They, six months after I was arrested, we had um, – um, my mother had uh, uh, private investigators looking for the man that had set me up. And uh, we always – we couldn't find him or they couldn't find him because we were looking for a man named Ray Gazarian. I'd known this man for – years as Ray Gazarian, but it turned out his real name was Raz McManassi, and he had lied to me from the start about his name mm-hmm. and just kept a very, very elaborate, convincing lie for forever. Um, a Swedish woman who was uh, working for the man was traveling from Sweden, lost her luggage at JFK Airport, but she continued on her itinerary to LAX. They found in the walls of her suitcase professionally hidden opium, so they set up a sting to, to return the luggage to her. But they wanted to wait for uh, you know the, the guy that she was working for. Uh, so they delivered... The luggage to her to, in a hotel in Glendale, and they arrested her and Ray Gazarian, except he posted bail under the name Raz McManassian. My mother's investigator was able to alert the authorities that this is the same schmuck that set Eric up, and it was under a different name. So now that they knew he had a different name, they were like, whoa, he's got different aliases. They rearrested him, denied him bail. They released the Swedish girl back to her country without being charged in less than two weeks. Um, so at least by my being in jail, she wasn't, and... Because our stories matched, she didn't have. She, at least she, it made me they feel. Believe, it they made, believe the story. It made me feel good that my being in jail helped somebody else, and it, it that felt great. So when the DEA came to talk to me, I'm on death row. I'm. It's October now of 2000, 2002, and the DEA comes to me and they're speaking to me. 
And they're telling me the story, and now they're not making fun of me. Before, the DEA was making fun of me, like, hey, maybe next time you'll pack a little lighter. You know? <laughs> but now they believe me, and the, and the guy's telling me that they caught the real guy. I'm like, perfect. So, right, so what's happening now? How, how do I get out of here? The guy just shakes his head. He says, if, if this had happened in America, you'd, you'd be going home tonight. He said, I said, so what does that mean? It means you have to go through their legal system. I said, I'm, I'm on death row. I'm facing a death sentence here. And you guys are telling me? That you can't get involved? He's like, we can't get involved because it's narcotics-related. Absolutely. And the, the guy was just looking in disbelief, though. And I was, I was like, why are you in shock? He's like, because I've never seen this before. I go, what? He goes, I've never met anyone innocent before. Mm. And I was like, wow. fuck. So I'm in jail for some shit that they know I didn't do. And it's not that we can't help you. It's that we won't help you. They could absolutely do something, but they, they, don't, they don't get involved if it's narcotics-related, which is it's, it's, that's, that's the worst feeling. I was also reading that it says it's not a party to the U.S. Prison Transfer Treaty Program. Pakistan is not a party to that. Do you know what that is, the Prison Transfer Treaty Program? Well, I know what a what? party is, you know. Extradition. <laughs> okay, so it's extradition. Yeah. They're not yeah. Treaty. Well, Pakistan is so, I, I'm sorry, the country's so corrupt anyway. I don't mean to paint, I'm not saying that all the people there are, but the government, it's like the government of Mexico. I'll say it, all the so people corrupt. there are corrupt. Absolutely Well, there corrupt. we go. You, you, okay, know, you know who was in jail with me? It was uh, Yusuf Razan Jelani. He became the prime minister in Pakistan after he, uh, he was in jail with me. We also had the future president of Pakistan in jail with me, Benazir Bhutto's husband. I wasn't that good of friends with him, but I was really good friends with Jelani. And uh, this is the country that that, uh, that that is. The guys who ran the country were in jail with me. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, so... I guess my question is so when you when just going back to the the guy who started the whole thing what's his name his real name Raz, uh, Raz McManassian which is when you first were arrested were they not did they not go to were they not investigating him then trying they, to figure they, out they were looking for Ray Gazarian so they did so they he were was using this other name yeah they were looking for Ray Gazarian then once they found him he got arrested what was charged with the Swedish woman he wasn't even the big guy in the totem pole. He ratted out everyone above him. I don't know how that man is still alive because his information led to one of the biggest drug busts in Glendale history with 18 Iranian Armenian men getting convicted of a, a big opium den. I mean, you can look that up. Uh, I, th- I think that, that had to have been the, around the same time that he, he got arrested or shortly after October 2002. But he was ratting out so many people, he was cutting deals left and right. Hmm. He only served four and a half years in jail um, for his involvement in drug smuggling. He was never punished for what he did to me. When I got back, I, I won a civil suit against him for $20.4 million. Um, Raz McManassian, unfortunately, is like a John Smith in Ar- Armenia. So they weren't able to find the right guy. Also, th- that th- what didn't help is about a month before I got my verdict, my lawyer died. Once she died... A lackey came and finished the case. We won $20.4 million, but the law firm disbanded, so they had no desire to go after funds and everything, and I, would, once again, was just left unlucky. The guy, oh my God. just unlucky. I, the guy owes me over $20 million, and I'll never collect a penny of it. Yeah, it says that he got out in 2007, so where is he? Is he in Glendale again? Or? I, I, I have... He, I he don't, would have been he, deported. No, no, him. no. He's, uh, I, he's, it's great. Right after I did the show Locked Up Abroad, I found a piece of shit on Facebook of all places, um, and uh, I j- it just pissed me off. So I said I I made a fake account so that I could track the guy down. He, a guy lured him to a a, a shopping center in uh, Northridge and uh, off of uh, Devonshire and uh, Reseda there, and he thought he was meeting up with a with a cute decent girl for for <laughs> coffee drinks. He hook line and sinker. My my goal was to find out where he where he where he lived so mm-hmm. that I could tell. Uh, you know, whatever law firm was going after him at the time, that, that, that to so we can start trying to get money out of the guy. Mm-hmm. 
Well, he <laughs> he was driving around. Traffic was terrible that day, and I lost him. And the thing that sucked about losing him, I was like, fuck, I'm not going to get another opportunity here. So I texted him, and I got his number only when he accepted the friend requ- request of the girl because it, sh- it showed more information. Mm-hmm. It showed a, an email address, a cell phone number. I, uh, I texted the guy. I said, sorry, I'm late. I, you know, daylight savings. It was daylight savings. That's right. I said, daylight savings. Um, I'll be there shortly. The phone rings. I can't, I can't let it go to voicemail because it, it says my name, a voicemail. He'll know. And I was like, this is my only opportunity to get the guy. So I pick up the phone, and then my girlish voice is possible. It's terrible. I, I don't know how it worked, but it worked. I said, I'm sorry that I'll be there late. Uh, I was running late. I'll be there shortly. I, and then he's on the line going, uh, yeah, what's going on? I'm sorry. I just I overslept. I'm on my way there. Okay, I'll see you, sir, sh- I'll see you soon. I hang up, and I'm like, it's not going to work. This dude's, this dude's not going to show up now. He knows that's not a chick. But he showed up. And the second he showed up, I said, fuck it. This, this is my only chance. I, so I started beating his ass in the parking lot. Uh, Good. I know I was no I fucked that guy up and um and the thing about it that sucked because everyone that was in the parking lot was scared they you know some like Asian lady was like I'm calling the cops and I'm like mind your own business lady and (laughs) some other guys were like hey you need help I'm like this is between us so here's Ray begging me he's like Eric look I swear to God I didn't know I was innocent too and I was like bullshit and I, I, I just wanted to pick my shots. I told him, if you run, I'm going to fuck you up. And he starts telling me on his daughter's life that he was he was set up too. He didn't know. And I was like, uh-huh. So what about that Swedish girl six months later? And he's like, that's when I learned. I'm like, well, then why did you tell me your name was Ray Gazarian and not Raz McManassian? And he looks down because like, he forgot his line. He goes, I never told you that. So I was punching this. I, was, I mean, I, I was so pissed off at this dude. I was just beating the crap out of him. A couple cops come, but he's on the ground. They can't see him. And I was like, I'll see you later, Ray. And I was so pissed. I wanted to know where he lived, but I couldn't get anything out of him. But it was just – I rage took over me. I couldn't control myself. So I leave. About a month later, I get a call from the, the detective agency in, uh, in uh, Northridge, and they said, hey, we got a um, – we, uh, uh, we want you to come in and say, uh, fill out a statement so we can clear your name. And I'm like, the greatest thing about going to jail is you know when <laughs> – you know the law a lot better now. And mm-hmm. I was reading, you know, idiot guide to to the law, and thank God you never talk to the cops. But mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I told the cops to fuck off, and I wasn't going to answer any questions because you know I was like, you guys got to earn, earn this arrest. I'm not going back to jail for this asshole. And uh, I got a lawyer. I got a lawyer from one of my poker buddies, and the lawyer's like, "What'd you tell the cops?" I said, "I told them to fuck off." He's like, "All right, well that's good, but I don't recommend any." You know, I'm glad you didn't talk to them at least. Mm-hmm. So he goes and talks to the cops on my behalf, and he, and this is what Ray said. Ray, 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 Razmik, Razmik went to them and told them that some crazy white guy claims I put him in jail in Pakistan. He's out of his mind. He's assaulting me. He's stalking me. Um, and my lawyer says, well, did he tell you that there's a civil suit against him? And the cops were like, no, he, uh, he failed to mention that. So they showed him the civil suit, and the cops were like, $20 million? <laughs> what, what, did, what did this guy do? And they're like, well, there's a lot more to this story. You should hear it. So the cops brought me in. Now I'm like, I don't want to go in and talk to the cops. But my lawyer's like, trust me, these cops want to meet you. So I go and I talk to the cops, and the cops are like, they listen to the whole story. And it's, it's not, a, I mean, it's a very rushed hour and a half, two hour story. And one of the cops finally goes, Jesus Christ, and you didn't kill this guy? I was like, <laughs> nope. And he, there, and he was like, all right, we got you luring the guy there. We got you assaulting him. We got you know witnesses. He goes, that's like 12, 13, 12 to 15 years right there, but it sounds like a little street corner justice. Never do it again. I was like, oh, God. All right. Thank God. And uh, yeah. I, was, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, this guy put me on death row, put me in jail for three years, and then tried to put me in jail again. I mean, all I did was beat him up a little bit, like nothing crazy. Well, mm-hmm. and nothing crazy, and, <laughs> and, and 
and he tried to do it again. He deserves so much more. Yeah, yeah. So, and so he owes you millions so Eric, of dollars. How, so how, how is your, your faith in the justice system now? It's, t- it's terrible. I, I, I like it's funny you brought up making a murder earlier. My girl and I we binge watched the hell out of it, mm-hmm. and it just made me mad. You can't watch it all straight through because you, you just get so upset when you watch that guy. I a hundred percent, I a hundred percent know Stephen Avery and his nephew are, are, are innocent. Mm-hmm. His his nephew's a, an idiot, but I right. could have I could have convinced that nephew that he had seen a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? You could. He's very very. You, you know. I He's don't believe the average person has common sense. Very impressionable. Hey, man, when did you see Santa Claus? Is he your best friend? Yeah, we're pen pals. No, yeah. Santa Claus doesn't, doesn't... That guy, so if I think my life, my luck is terrible, that guy's luck is terrible. 18 mm-hmm. years for something he didn't do, and mm-hmm. now he's in jail for the rest of his life or something else he did not do? It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's... It, those, and and the, he spent all the money, the the, the four hundred thousand he, he got, he had to spend it all on, on those lawyers, lawyers, lawyers for the second case. No, he 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 only settled so that he would have a fighting chance. Those lawyers were great. Those lawyers were great. They fought for him. They cared mm-hmm. for him. They fought for him. They could have done a lot of things different. I mean, here's, I wish I had been a lawyer in that man's case. I absolutely do. Uh, I had to see. Here's something about my story. You guys won't know. I had to become my own lawyer to get out. You asked me if the American government helped me get out. Mm-hmm. No, I became a lawyer in Pakistan under a different language. Mm-hmm. And I got wow. myself out. And while I was getting myself out, I got seven other people out of jail. Um, wow! But the way you got to look at it, I would tell the, I would, I would say, okay, you guys are looking at this man for murder, but he's got thirty-six million dollars to look forward to. He's got every camera looking at him. He's got a police department that's going to be owing him thirty-six million dollars and facing possible uh, jail time if they have to pay up this guy, pay pay this man that thirty-six million dollars. Obviously, there's a lot of wrongdoing. Who has motive here? Not him. He's got every reason to stay out of trouble. The police right. department 100% has motive here. Absolutely. 100% has motive here. And that's exactly what I would have focused on. I would have been like, there's no DNA on the key. There's, there's his DNA. Well, coincidentally, there's none of hers. How is that? The- well, my question, too, where is her body? <laughs> her body was scattered little pieces here and there. But, but they're claiming that he, got, that, that he took the body and put it in the house and then from the house took it back to the garage. Bottom line, there would be blood mm-hmm. everywhere. Everywhere. Absolutely. Oh, totally. And they well, said, what I'm trying to figure out is he didn't do it, so I'm wondering which of the corrupt cops killed her. You know, somebody had to kill her. You, so. remember, you remember the cop that uh, that uh, had run the license plate early on? Right. That, that ran the license plate, and then he first ran the license plate, and then he described the vehicle, and then he even said, oh, I believe she uh, described the vehicle to me. And then they replayed it, and it was him describing the vehicle. Okay, as a poker player, the best part about being a poker player and an actor is everyone at the table acts. You can read people like a damn book. You can absolutely right. read people, and that's why I make so much damn money when I play poker is because I can read everyone at the damn table. You know when they're acting. You know when they're trying to act strong or, or when they're trying to act weak. That motherfucker cop was acting absolutely surprising. Like, he was a terrible actor. You saw in his – if you watch the video, you'll see his neck just start going crazy. Mm-hmm. That's his heartbeat because he can't control his emotions. Mm-hmm. Okay, but here's the biggest thing, too. It wasn't just the key and, like, having DNA. Remember when they said that they put uh, – that they found uh, blood from her head? that matched her DNA in the back of her own car. Mm-hmm. So right. why would he kill her, put her back in her car, and then which is out in supposedly in his front driveway when he takes her to the uh takes her to the garage and then burns her behind the house. You're not going to do yeah. that. It's bullshit. No. It all works against them. The cops found a situation to to 30 they're, they're looking at 36 million dollars and they're looking at at uh, jail time, they were looking at jail mm-hmm. time for for by 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 paying the four hundred thousand. They admitted no wrongdoing, and by admitting no wrongdoing, they can't be held accountable Correct. whatsoever. So 
What did I tell you when I went to jail? What was my life worth? Eighty-seven dollars. Mm-hmm. People try to kill me for eighty-seven dollars. <laughs> if people could kill me to save thirty-six million dollars, mm-hmm. the other countries would start pitching in. Oh. <laughs> well, do, do you guys do you think now the uh, documentary is going to really reopen the case again? Do you, or do you think it, it's- it absolutely better? Because that's like telling it, it absolutely better mm-hmm. because. If these guys, these guys absolutely not only did this to them, to, to Avery. Avery's not an isolated incident. I guarantee these guys have planted evidence in countless other cases. That because they're the, the authorities aren't, they're humans and they're greedy and they do bad things. And, you know, if they can get away with stuff, why not? They hated this guy for their own reasons, for everything. He was no angel. He was no angel, but he's no murderer either. Mm-hmm. He no. wasn't a rapist, but he's no murderer. And he's, it doesn't mean he's a, he's a murderer either. He's a, he's a, he's a, He's a white trash guy with a very low IQ that was an easy target. And these guys wanted to go out of the way to not only hurt him, but hurt everyone around him. How dare this guy make our lives the way it is? And we have the authority to frame. If someone hates you, especially a police, someone in law enforcement, they can absolutely set you up for some shit. Mm -hmm. Don't – the bottom line, the moral of the story here is don't piss off people in authority. Mm. No, and when you watch those deposition tapes, when they were being investigated by the state attorneys – Attorney General's office, who turned around and did nothing anyway, but you could, it was so funny to watch when they were just caught in lies and they couldn't get out of them. But it didn't matter because the Attorney General didn't, didn't prosecute them anyway. So there's another example where even the, the, the Attorney General's office wasn't going to do anything about it. They all protect each other. They all protect each other. They all protect each other. And what's sick is you guys heard recently that the, the two uh, direct, or the people who produced that came out and said that uh, jurors had contacted mm-hmm. them and said, look. They're in fear of their lives. Correct. We're right. in fear of our lives because that's how the cops are there. They're, they went after his they, – they went so after – they went out after, after his family. They went after his, uh, his girlfriend. They kept putting her in jail. Mm-hmm. Now you can't talk to him anymore because they knew that – they didn't want him to be happy in any way whatsoever. And they it's sad. It's I feel I feel terrible for that guy. I, well, what I went through is skittles compared to what he's going through. It's their it's their rampart scandal, basically. It's, I think it's you know? yeah, it's way worse. Way worse. I think uh, I think you can get away with a lot, especially in a small town, and especially mm-hmm. in a small town, you can get away. Well, with Well, that's a why lot. they kept saying. In some ways, he he, he would have been better off to just get the fuck out of there and leave that town. But well, he w- but he was sticking around for the money that he was going to be guaranteed, and the you know, and to see justice, and to right. see justice. Like that cop kept him in jail eight years longer when they had the other guy saying, "Hey, I raped her." Right. Well, listen, buddy, where can people find you on social media? Do you want them to find you? <laughs> uh, I mean, if they want to. I'm not that, I'm not that exciting. I'm on uh, Twitter at Eric Day, Eric with a K, and then I'm on Instagram and Facebook, and I just met my, and my girl and I, we just live life. I, I, I wanted to talk about my restaurant. If you guys want to come and, uh, you know, I got a yeah. couple of restaurants in Hollywood. Um, got four big wings. I got uh, Stout. Got a really, really good burger at Tipsy Cow and Sherman Oaks. Come check it out and support. You'll enjoy it, I promise. And, uh, you know, bottom line, be happy. It could always be worse. If, whenever I have a bad day, I think of Stephen Avery now. That guy has it wow. so much worse than I had it. And, um, you know, I, we're all lucky in our own way if we just realize how bad it could possibly be. We are well, definitely listen, a survivor. Yeah, thank you. And like I said, I think you've got – I can't wait for your book to come out. And hopefully from the book it will be a movie because there's so much that we didn't get into about your time in, in prison and all, all the other things that um, – Hopefully you're going to cover in the book. Uh, well, yeah, I'm working on it, but thank you very much. I look forward to uh, you know getting it out and hearing your opinion on it. All right. Well, thank you guys. Listen, this is the show goes by so fast. Uh, thanks everyone for tuning in to another show. JW Dominic, thank you guys. 
Thank you. And we will be back next Wednesday, same place, same time. You've been listening to One on One with Jasper Cole. Peace out. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking out One on One with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.